I just believe anything can happen. Folks can get healed. Folks can get delivered. Amen. Oh, nobody's with me today. I'll be by myself. That's all right. Amen. Anything can take place on today. Amen. Amen. Just a few things before we go into the word of God. And I want to thank the saints of God. You know, I came to you probably about three months ago and asking for a, couple, a little bit longer than that and asking the church to keep my aunt lifted up in prayer. Well, I got a prayer report to share with you this morning. Amen. She went to the doctor. Uh, for those that don't know, my aunt was diagnosed with cancer um, a couple of months ago. And they had gave, given her, really, they had given her two months to live. And uh, this was back in, I believe, in October. So she really had until December, January, amen, to be with us. But it is March, and she's still here. Hallelujah. Amen. But that's not it right there. That's not it right there. That's not it right there. She went uh, to the doctor this past Friday, and um, she was a little nervous. She had some different things going on. She went to the doctor, and the doctor told her that the cancer has not spread. It has the, the, they said it was going to go to all these different places, but the cancer has not spread, and the chemo is killing the cancer. Uh, can nobody tell me about my God? Hallelujah. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask, think, or wish. Amen. So whatever it is that you have before God, God will do just, amen, just what you ask him to do. Amen. So that's worthy to give God some praise right there. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 God is a good God. Amen. So I'm telling you, we're going to, my little testimony, she's going to be with us in April. She done got her suit, ordered her suit and everything. So she's ready. Amen. So when she come in the door, excuse me if I take off and start running or dancing or something. I don't know. So I'm just going to give you a, a pre-warning. Amen. Just in case. Come on and take your seats before we start shouting and stuff. Amen. Amen. Just a few things. <laughs> Just a few things we want to share with you, amen, before we go into the word of God on today. Amen. Once again, this afternoon, we're going to be leaving 1230, going to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, amen, to share with Bishop Webb and his wife in their 21st, amen, pastoral anniversary. Amen. So all those that are driving it, riding in the van. Amen. We're going to get out a little bit early, so you need to go and grab something, a burger or something, before you hit the road, so we give you time to be able to do that. Uh, but we're going to be leaving here at 1230. Those that are driving their cars, you're more than welcome. Amen. Follow the van as we go there. Amen. 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 I am happy to announce that our Shabbat Children's Choir. Amen. Amen. We are getting the choir back going. Amen. 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 They are going to be rehearsing um, this Saturday at 11 a.m. This Saturday. So all of our children, if you like to sing, want to know how to sing, don't know how to sing, but just want to get up there and make a joyful noise unto the Lord, come on out. Amen. On this Saturday, the 12th at 11 a.m., our own sister Keisha Little, amen, is going to be working with our children. Amen. Amen. So we are excited about that as well. And then on next Sunday, next Sunday, if all goes well, our nursery is going to be opening on next Sunday. Amen. 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 So we are excited about that. Uh, so we'll have more information for you as time goes on. But the goal is for that to be open on next Sunday. Amen. Some parents are like, yes. <laughs> They're excited. Amen. One last thing. Well, two, two things. 
April the 11th, that's a Monday night. Amen. That's going to be a busy, April's going to be a busy month for us as a church. Amen. It's going to be a good month. Amen. On that Monday, April the 11th, we are going to be going down to St. John's Praise and Worship Center uh, for the week of refreshing. Apostle uh, Barnett contacted me this past week and asked if I would speak on that night. So we're going to go down on that night. The choir, want the choir to come and sing. Amen. We know St. John's always have a wonderful meal afterwards. Amen. Amen. So we want to go down on that night. The van is going to be going. Uh, so we're going to have a great time. Amen. Amen. On that night. Amen. Amen. Where's Sister Brittany? Brittany Porter, just stand up for a second. Just stand up for a second. This is Brittany's last Sunday. She's moving to St. Louis. Amen. But it's a good thing. She got a job. Amen. In St. Louis. Amen. Amen. God is good. I'm telling you, people talk about we're in a recession. God will create jobs. God will make jobs where there is no jobs just for you. Amen. So we are excited about what God is doing in her life. And I told the sister Paul, I said, I don't get up to St. Louis and just, you know, thank you big time and forget about us here. Amen. But she said, Pastor, I'm going to be home probably every weekend. I said, good, 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 good. And so we want to pray with her on this app today before we leave here and pray God's blessings over her life. I know she's going to do well because she did well here. And God is with her. Amen. And she's got a praying mama, so she's going to be just all right. Amen. Now for the word of God, if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm a little under the weather this morning, so that's why I wasn't greeting with the saints. I came in this morning. Sister Betty told the usher, we got to pray for pastor. I think he's been crying. Amen. So we <laughs> I said, pray for me anyway, Sister Betty. Pray for me. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 17. <coughs> Thank God for intercessors. Even the ushers knowing to pray for the preacher. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I forgot to mention as well our junior ushers. Amen. We're going to get our junior ushers back going. Amen. Sister Mary P. Where's Sister Mary? Amen. She's going to be working with our junior ushers. Amen. We are excited. Amen. About what God is going to do with our children. Amen. We have to invest in them. Amen. Amen. Because if we don't, someone else will. First Kings chapter 17, starting at verse 10. When you have it, say amen. amen. All those that are able to stand, let us stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. 1 Kings chapter 17, starting at verse 10, it says this. So he arose and went to Zarephath when he came to the gate of the city. Behold, the widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her, bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have not a loaf baked, but only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a bottle. See, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and bake it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, and Elijah said to her, fear not, go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake of it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, prepare some for yourself and your son. For, the, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal shall not waste away or your bottle of oil fail until the day of the Lord sends rain on earth. So she, she did as Elijah said. And she and her son and her household ate for many days. The jar of milk was not spent in her, nor did the bottle of oil fail, according to the word which the Lord spoke through Elijah. Now, I'm going to get ready to tell you something. You're going to look at me strange. I already know. You're going to look at me strange, but just follow along with me. Amen. Amen. Trust the God on the inside of me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, fix God a biscuit. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Fix God a biscuit. Come on, find somebody behind you and say, neighbor, fix God a biscuit. Now, find you somebody across the way. I don't care if you have to point, but just point them just this one time in church and tell them, fix God a biscuit. Father God, we thank you and we praise you and we glorify you, oh God, for who you are, Lord. Have your way in this house. And we, devil, you are already defeated and you're already a liar. And we ask all these things in your name. We pray and all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Fix God a biscuit. Today we start the series on supernatural intervention. Supernatural intervention. First Kings chapter 17 is a familiar passage of scripture, a story which we all are familiar of. And it talks about and it introduces and bring us um, about a man by the name of prophet by the name of Elijah. Now, Elijah was not just some um, ordinary prophet. Elijah was not just some ordinary man, but Elijah was a man of God. He was a prophet of God who spoke the word of God. And Elijah did not care whether it hurt your feelings, whether you get upset, whether you didn't like it. He said, thus says the Lord, how you process it, how you dealt with it, it didn't matter to him. He just gave out what God had given him to say. And so Elijah here, he, he begins in chapter 16 and he comes to uh, uh, King Ahab and he tells King Ahab, he said, listen, there has been so much filthy sin that has been going on in the land. You've been asking God to bless you. You've been wanting God to send rain. You've been wanting God to do this, but yet you still stuck in your sin. You are the king. You are the leader. You know what you should do, but you choose not to do it because you're afraid of Jezebel, this woman woman, uh, your wife, you're afraid that whatever it is that you try to do what God has told you to do, that she will try to come up against you. So So Ahab was more afraid of Jezebel than he was God. Ahab was more concerned with pleasing Jezebel than he was God. Now I understand that's his wife. I understand he's in covenant. But first of all, he should have never married Jezebel because of the type of woman that she was because she did not serve the God. She did not serve the same God that he served. So he already messed up right there and became unequally yoked with someone who was not a believer. And so now he's upset. Now now uh, Elijah tells Ahab, he says, listen, no rain, no dew, no water, no type of precipitation is going to come to this land until the people of God get right. Now, listen, that takes a man of God to stand there and to say, listen, to have so much power from God that he's willing with his mouth that he's able to shut up the heavens. Now, that's a prophet that you say no rain, no dew, no water, nothing is going to come on this land. And we have to understand, people of God, listen, he's saying no water, so nobody is able to eat. No corn is able to be grown. No cabbage is able to be grown. No greens are able to be grown. No grass is able to be grown for the cows to be able to eat. Nobody is eating. Everybody's on a fast. The animals are on a fast. Nobody is getting anything to eat. And so after God, uh, God uses Elijah's there with Ahab, God tells him, listen, I need you to go. And I'm about to send you to a place where there's going to be a woman. She's going to be ready to receive you. Now, it almost seems crazy. Elijah, listen, he just pops up out of the blue and just come out of nowhere. And God tells him to do a thing. And he transitions him and has him to go to another place. But not once does Elijah question God. Not at once did Elijah say, well, God, wait a minute. How am I going to get that? I, I, don't, I don't have any gas in my car. I don't have no money for a taxi. I don't have a cow. I don't have a mule. I don't have a camel. How am I going to get there? But he just goes because God tells him to go. 
There's something to be said that people of God, that we are obedient to God, even when we don't understand that we are obedient to hear the voice of God. Because what I'm understanding this preachers is that some of us, we have selective hearing. We hear what we want to hear. We hear what we want to hear because really what God is saying, we don't really want to do that. So we ignore that and we hear what we want to hear and go on and do what we want to do. When the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. And so Elijah goes on and he moves and he transitions even though he's not quite sure about what God is doing. But the one thing that Elijah does take comfort in knowing is that God is with him. He takes comfort in knowing that every step that he takes, everywhere that he goes, every word that God gives him to say that God is with him and that he's not going to leave him, nor is he going to forsake him, even in his time of transition. That's something, saints of God, that we can be able to take and to learn from how to deal with transition when it comes in our lives. Because transition is not an easy thing to go through. Transition is not an easy thing to process. Transition is not an easy thing to take in because you're trying to figure out, God, what is it that you're doing? You're really trying to put your finger on how God is moving and where he's going, but you can't. You can't trace him. All you can do is trust him and to stand there and say, God, I don't know what it is that you're doing. I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know what you're doing, but God, in spite of, I trust you. I can't see it with my eyes, God, but I sense it in my spirit that you're getting ready to do something big. I sense it in my spirit that you're processing me for something big. I I sense it in my spirit that you are getting ready to blow the roof off in my life because of all the stuff that's going on and of all the movements that's going on out of all the things that's going on that I cannot explain I know that you must be up to something that's the word for somebody today you've been trying to figure out all the different things that's going on in your life God is taking you through transition but he's trying to get you to understand how can how do you handle being in transition because when you think about a transition is only taking you from one place to another And the in-between stuff, we don't always understand, but we have to trust God, that God knows what he's doing and that he has my best interest in mind. Elijah gets to the brook Cherith, and Cherith means a place of cutting off. So God gets him to this place that what God is having to cut some things off of Elijah so that he can better prepare him for his next level. You are not going to be able to get to the next place that God desires you to be until you allow God to process you and to cut some stuff off of you. Because some of us, we got too much stuff on us that's going to affect us when we get to the next level and we're going to mess up that place that God has for us because we fail to go about the brook called Cherith. And he gets there and all of a sudden, mothers, the brook dries up. What you going to do when your brook dries up? And his brook dries up and he has nothing but God sends a raven. I don't care, saints of God. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what you go through. God always has a way to provide for his children. God always has a way to open up doors for his children. I don't care what people say. I don't care what your job say. I don't care what the doctors say. God, I don't care what, well, I don't care what the social workers say. I don't care what your advisor, counselor at school tells you. God always has a way of providing for his people and so he gets there and the bible says that he's fed by a raven now we all know ravens; those are some nasty 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 vultures 
They don't have any hands. So in order for the ravens to feed Elijah, they had to pick the food up with their mouths and put it into Elijah's mouth with their mouth. That's nasty. That's nasty. That's nasty. That is disgusting. Let your brook drop and you sitting there, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. And God sends a raven with, with, with some Burger King in his mouth. You're not going to take it. Because the vultures are nasty animals and they eat off of dead carcasses. They just pick up from whatever and eat it so they can have something for them. And so what Elijah thought was going to be a life sentence, what Elijah thought was going to be the end of his life, the end of his ministry, God turned that thing around and worked it out for his good. He sent a raven, by the way, to stop by and to feed Elijah. Elijah got to the place, I know this animal is nasty. I know this animal has probably been eating off of other dead animals, but I don't care. I'm just thankful that God has made a way. I'm talking to some folks today. You don't care how God makes a way. You don't care how he shows up. You don't care what you have to do. You're just glad that God showed up just in time. I don't care if it's a crackhead that has to give me $5. I don't care who it is. I just want God to supernaturally come up in my life and make a way out of no way. He will use anything to provide for his children. But what you have to understand is we talked about this Tuesday night at Bible study. God is never going to provide for you to waste. Uh, nobody likes that. God is never going to provide for you just to take his blessings and just to waste them. He will shut everything off until he gets you in order and gets you right so that you can understand that what I have from God is a blessing and I must take it and treat it as such. Elijah gets there and God tells him, I have commanded, I like that word, I have commanded the ravens to feed you. He didn't say, I didn't suggest for the ravens to feed you. He didn't say, I asked the ravens. He said, I commanded the ravens to feed you. There's some people in here right now, God has commanded for supernatural intervention to come your way. God has commanded for some doors to open up in your life. But before those doors open, don't you dare pass up the brook chairs. Don't you dare pass up that place where God has to trim you and cut some stuff off of you. You know, when I, when I, when I shaved my hair, I was just a little bit in denial. You know, I, you know, I see other people that got the nice haircuts. I want to I fade again. I want to I get a haircut. I, I want to put the Beijing in my hair on special occasions. I, I, I want to do it. <laughs> now, you know, I wanted the full effect. I wanted to have the nice face, have the facial hair going and everything. But this didn't come until I lost that. So I'm like, okay, God. What's up with that? And I was trying to get every, I wanted everything to connect real nice, get it all nice and get my grown man on and everything. But it wasn't working. One side was coming in better than the other. And so I had to, I didn't want to shave everything off. I don't want to go through the process of having to regrow it all over again. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to do this. But I shaved it all off. I had to shave it all off, take it all off. And then, because once I shaved it off, new growth was able to come in. And when the new growth came in, certain spots that didn't connect before started connecting. Certain spots that didn't have hair started having hair. Because I had to cut some stuff off because the new growth was ready to come in. But the old stuff had 
pedal away first. I came to tell somebody, God has new stuff waiting for you, but the old stuff has to be cut away. God has supernatural intervention coming your way. He has divine intervention coming your way, but don't you dare pass up the brook Sharon. But he's got, he got to cut, he's got to cut. Tell your neighbor, he's got to cut some stuff off. He got to cut, he got to cut, he got to cut. You're still too fleshy. You're walking around, your flesh should be dead, but you're still operating in the flesh. You're still longing after the flesh. You're still the desires of your flesh. And God is saying, no rain, no dew is coming your way until you cut the flesh off. And so he gets there. He gets there, and God had already told him. He said, Elijah, I got a woman. I got a woman in Zarephath. She's ready, and she's going to be ready to receive you once she gets there. And so he gets to the city, and the widow was there. What is it? We talked about a widow last week. What is it about these widows? What is it about these lower-class citizens that God is able to supernaturally come into their lives? I was thinking about that this week. I'm like, God, what is it about these widows? How come you, how come you didn't use nobody else? And the scripture came to mind that when in James, the Bible says that God resists the proud. He battles against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Many times God is not able to do the things that he needs to do in some folks' lives because they're too proud. They're too arrogant. They're too haughty. They're too high-minded of themselves. They're too arrogant and he cannot do what he desires to do. So he looks upon those that others look down on and those who are willing and ready for his assistance and God comes in and he supernaturally moves. On their behalf. So he takes this widow. Lost her husband. Her covering. Her lover. Her friend. Her provider. No longer there. She probably didn't work. Probably was a home. Home wife. But now her husband is gone. And now she's at a place. Where she has nothing. All she has is her son. Elijah meets the woman. And he tells her, bring me a glass of water. I'm thirsty. I've been traveling. I've been having a deal with some folks. And I worked up up a thirst. I need some water. And so not only did he tell her to bring her some water, but he said, bring me a morsel of bread. Bring me something to eat as well. And she turns around. She tells the man of God. She says, all I got is two sticks left. All I got it's a jar of oil and a little bit of flour. She said, I'm about to make something for my son, and then we're going to die. Because really, preacher, we have nothing else to live for. Our house is gone. Money is gone. I have nothing. We're going to eat real good for the last time and say our farewell to the world. Elijah tells her, he says, hey, look at verse 12. And she she said, as the Lord God lives, I have not a loaf baked, but only a handful of meal in the jar and a little oil in the bottle. See, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, fear not. Fear not. Go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake of it first. See that word? First. And bring it to me, and afterwards prepare some for you and your son. For thus says the Lord, I love Elijah because he didn't do nothing on his own. He said, for God is saying, 
The jar of meal should not waste away or the bottle of oil fell until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So Elijah was telling her, listen, once you do this for me as I'm as I'm, as I'm an ambassador for Jesus, as I'm an ambassador for God, once you do this for me, you will have food until Jesus comes back to get you. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, what's in your house? What's in your house? The Bible says all she had, all she had, all she had, all she had was a little bottle of oil and some leftover flour. Listen, saints of God, sometimes what you're looking for is already in your house. Sometimes what you need is already around you. Sometimes what you need is already in front of you, but we ignore because it's a small thing that we think cannot satisfy us or do what needs to be done. Now, it probably never came to her mind, choir, that a small jar of oil and a little bit of flour would be able able to provide for her and her son forever but God is able to take little and make much little becomes much in the hands of the master and what we have to understand is saints of God that we have to stop limiting God we have to stop putting God in a box we have to stop trying to rationalize God we have to stop trying to analyze God we got to stop trying to put God into this box and realize God is able to do anything but fail And so she does, she does, she does, she does what the man of God tells her to do. But what I love so much about it, she didn't come giving Elijah a whole list of reasons why she couldn't. She was probably thinking to herself, this old selfish preacher going to show up at my house, first of all, unannounced, and tell me to bring him a glass of water and to bring him some bread when I've already told him that I only got a little bit left and it's going to be for me and my son and then we're going to die. What in the world am I to do? No, it does not say that she said that, but the Bible says she did just as the man of God told her to do. Listen here, saints of God. I don't care how crazy things get. You must be obedient to the voice of God. I don't care how crazy things get. I don't care how loose things get. I don't care how stuff may get tight, how your money might get funny, how your strange may get, how your change may get strange. But whatever it is God tells you to do, listen to the voice of God. Don't have selective hearing, but be obedient to the voice of God and do just what he tells you to do. God was not there in the physical, but his man, his representative was there. And he told her, fix me some first. Fix me some first, and then fix some for you and your son. Got a question. Have you put God first? Have you put God first? Have you put God first? Like I said last week, or is he an option? Have you put him first in your life? And let me throw this out there real quick. I don't care if you scratch up my car because I need to wash it anyway, but... The reason why so many people and sometimes why people go through financially in their lives is because they don't put God first in their finances. Listen, I'm not going to tell you to sow a seed today. You're going to have a check for $1,000 in the mail tomorrow because if I'm lying, then you're coming after me. Not going to risk that. But the Bible says when you give unto God, when you give him his 10%, he will keep the devourer from messing with your stuff. And when you make sure that there's meat in my house, I will take care of your house. And why we don't have money, we go through financial troubles, is because we, we, we're tipping God. We're just tipping him. 
Here's two dollars today, Lord. Here's three. If we're not giving him what I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching prosperity. Well, I guess I am preaching prosperity. I'm just teaching you how you have to give in your tithes and in your offering. Listen, I don't. My back and I've been up against the wall. Had some things come up, wasn't expected, and I had a choice, Elder Robinson. Either I pay my tithes. Uh, I'm not the only one that I've been at. Oh, don't put me out there like I'm the only one. Uh-uh. If I'm exposing myself, you exposing yourself too. I'm not the only one that you done had your backs up against the wall. God, if I don't, if I don't pay this bill, then tomorrow I'm not gonna have no light. I'm not gonna have no gas. I'm not gonna have no heat. I'm not gonna have no air. God, if I do this, I'm not gonna have no money next week for lunch. I'm not gonna have this. God, if I pay my tires, it's money that I have for my tires. If I pay this guy, then I'm not gonna have the money to pay for child care. I'm not going to be able to do nothing. But when you put God first, God will always make sure you have just what you need. And when I love so much about God, he will also make sure that you have just what you need. But he'll make sure that you have an overflow to make sure that you have more. That he'll make sure that you have more than enough. Will you put God first? He will start opening up doors where there were no doors. Stuff will start coming your way that you can't even imagine. You can't even recognize. You're trying to figure out stuff that you filed for years ago starts coming through and start opening up. Things that you tried to work on before won't open up. But all of a sudden, the windows of heaven start opening up and showers of blessings. Start coming down because you put God first. She told him, she said, preacher, this is all I got. So really, you're asking me that where maybe I was going to have six six biscuits, three for my son, three for me. Now you're asking me to cut that down some so I can give you some. You're asking me a risky thing to do. Risky thing you asking me to do. But despite my flesh, I trust God. And it has to be God that's operating because I didn't know you was coming. I don't know where you came from. So it has to have been God that sent you my way. So I'm going to trust the God on the inside of you. So I'm going to go in the house. I'm going to make some. I'm going to take you at your word. Preacher, because if you lie, I'm coming after you tomorrow. I am going to find you. But I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm going to trust the God that's on the inside of you. And I am going to do just what you said for me to do. And she does it. Does it? She does it. And the Bible says in verse 16 the jar of meal was not spent more than a bottle of oil. According to the word which the Lord spoke through Elijah. So because she put God first, because she made God a biscuit. God worked everything out for her good. Because she made God a biscuit, she and her son ate for many a days. And sometimes when you do things and you don't always make sense what it is that God is asking you to do, sometimes he's doing that because that's something later on down the road that the sacrifice that you did this time is going to cover. Oh, uh, That is going to cover something else for down the road. She did not know that soon her son was going to die. And the Bible says that she told the man of God, told him, listen, take him up to the room. Take him up to my room. 
take him up to the room. Take the boy up to my room and lay him on the floor. I'm pretty sure she's thinking to herself, wait a minute, man of God, what are you talking about? My son is dead. I've done everything that you wanted me to do. I've done everything that you asked me to do. And now my son, he says, take him up to the room. Take him up to the room. Look at verse, uh, look at verse, uh, look at verse 19. He said to her, give me your son. And he took him from his bosom to her, from her bosom and carried him up into the chamber where he stayed and laid him on the floor. And Elijah cried to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God, have you brought further calamity upon the widow with whom I surgeon by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God, I pray you let this child's soul come back into him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back into him again and he revived and and Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the lower part of the house and gave him to the mother. And Elijah said, see, your son is alive. Sometimes the sacrifice that God asks you to give up now will cover something later on in the future. So whatever it is God is asking you to do, do it, do it. Don't be afraid. Hear the voice of God and be obedient to God and do just what he asks you to do. All because she made God a biscuit. Come on, ask your neighbor the question. Have you made God a biscuit? Have you made God a biscuit? Have you made God a biscuit today? Have you put him first? Have you taken already taken your tide out of everything? Have you already made him first in your life in every decision? Have you made God a biscuit? And because she did it. Because she did it, God said, I'll make sure that you have more than enough of everything that you need. Listen, I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what decisions you have to make. I don't care how rough and how tough stuff gets in your life. I don't care when you don't know what to do and you don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to have food to eat. You don't know how you're going to have gas in the car. I dare you to fist God a biscuit. I don't care what happens in your life. I don't care if bills are about to get cut off if you pay. If you pay your tithes and don't pay that, fix God a biscuit. I don't care if kids and everybody is going wild in your house and you don't know what to do. Fix God a biscuit. I don't care if your professor at school is driving you nuts and telling you that you're not graduating in May when you thought everything was worked out. Fix God a biscuit. I don't care if your money is funny and your change, your change is strange and you don't know, you don't know if you're going in, if you're going out. You don't know if you're in a breakthrough or a breakdown. Fix God a biscuit. I don't care what happens in your life. You better fix God a biscuit. When you don't have no money, fix God a biscuit. When you have no hope, fix God a biscuit. It does not matter, but fix God a biscuit in every area of your life. Fix God a biscuit when you're hopeless, when you're down, when you're out. Fix God a biscuit. Somebody say yes. Say yes. Say yes! I don't care what doctors have said. I don't care what unemployment have said. When God makes a way, when God does things, He can turn everything all around. I dare somebody to start.
God turned around. He's turning some things 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 around. He's turning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy. Woo. Joy comes early in the morning. Come on, I dare you to go find you eight people and prophesy and tell them, fix God a biscuit. Come on, say it with conviction. Say it like you mean it. Fix God a biscuit. Come on, find your eight people. You're looking at me. You're looking at me. Find your eight people and tell them, fix God a biscuit. 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 Fix God a biscuit because supernatural intervention is coming your way. Divine intervention is coming your way. Doors are coming your way. Blessings are coming your way. Showers of blessings are coming your way. Restoration is coming your way. Extreme makeover is coming your way. Hope is coming your way. Love is coming your way. It's coming. Divine health is coming your way. Fix God a biscuit. Come on, don't stop praising him. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth. Praise him in advance for the supernatural interventions. Praise him in advance for the blessings. Praise him in advance for the restoration. Praise him in advance for the healing. Healing of your mind. Healing of your heart. Healing of your soul. Come on, praise him in advance. Hallelujah. 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 It does not matter. It does not matter. It does not matter. It does not matter what it is. 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 But put God first. I know stuff get tough. I know it does. I know life don't always seem fair at the things that happens. But put let him shower you with his grace he said I resist the proud but I give more grace to the humble let him overflow you with grace put him first put him first put him first I don't care what it, what it is, what others say that it is. Put God first. Because putting God first never is wrong. It's never out of order. But it's always in order. There's an anointing in this room right now. It really is.
It's an anointing of breakthroughs in this room right now. It's in here right now. Come here, Darlicia. Elder Hodge is coming for a second. Somebody get behind him. Elder Hodge, just lay hands on her. In the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you release her from everything that's not like you, God. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, God. And I pray for breakthrough in her life right now. We break the back of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Loose her right now in the name of Jesus. Loose her and set her free right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you are a liar and you are a defeated foe. Right now in the name of Jesus. She'll never be the same again. She'll never be the same again. Plead the blood of Jesus over her life now. Cover her, Lord. Cover her, Lord. Cover her, God. In the name of Jesus. 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 There's breakthrough in here right now. 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 Mothers, I need your help. I can't lay hands on them today, but I need your help. There's breakthrough in here right now. There's breakthrough in here right now. There's breakthrough in here right now in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough in here right now. Mother Robinson, if you can. Mothers, I need your help. Sister Porter, I need your help. Candace, I need your help. Deacons, I need your help. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Mother, pray with her right there. Pray with her right there. In the name of Jesus. Candace. Candace, get her right there. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough. 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 Come on, Sister Gwen. Sister Gwen. Breakthrough. Sister Gwen. Breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough. 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 Yokes being destroyed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough. 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 In the name of Jesus. Pray with her right there. Breakthrough. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every assignment is canceled. Every plot is canceled. In the name of Jesus. 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 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mother Simon, Mother Simon, if you could come. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. 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 Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Sister Keisha, come here. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Grab that baby. Grab that baby. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Come on, the saints of God ought to be praying. The saints of God ought to be praying. The saints of God ought to be praying. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. 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 You will never be the same. 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 In the name of Jesus, Elder Hodges, Elder Hodges, pray with her right there, the doctor. Uh, right there, pray with her. Pray with her. Pray with her. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I guess somebody just saw calling on the name of Jesus. I guess somebody saw calling on the name of Jesus. I guess somebody saw calling on the name of Jesus. Something happens when you call on the name of Jesus. Something breaks when you call on the name of Jesus. Minds are regulated when you call on the name of Jesus. Bodies are here when you call on the name of Jesus. Something happens when you call on the name of Jesus. Ma, ma, ma. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Somebody ought to be praying. The saints ought to be praying. In the name of Jesus. 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 Power, Lord. Power to live right. Power to walk right. Power to talk right, God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Sister Porter, there's one more right here. One more right here.